All right, everybody, we back again for another conversation. And uh, tonight I got my man, Chris McNeil, in the house, and uh, we're going to get into an interesting topic tonight. So sit tight, and uh, we're going to get into it. My name is Kevin Tony, and you're now listening to the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Chris, what up, man? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for coming back <clears throat> to, to chop it up with me. As you're always good to talk to you off the off the uh off the air and on. Yeah, man. Yes. Yes indeed. So I uh I asked you to come uh to talk to me tonight because um we were having a conversation about a week ago and <clears throat> You know, we were kind of talking about different things like we always do. Mm-hmm. And this subject, um, I felt like I, I think it was good for me to ask you to come in here and hash it out with me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> because you bring a great deal of uh, depth to this to this subject. And um, I just wanted to hear your take on it. And I think it'll it'll be uh, a good for the people to hear your take on it. But um, we were talking about, you know, a lot of the problems that we see in, in society, especially, you know, uh, as Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the issues that we have is like people get hung up in, you know, a lot of issues, they struggle in their faith, they struggle in their walk. They have a lot of uh, ups and downs, peaks and valleys, which, you know, if you if you've been saved for two minutes, that's normal in a lot of senses. But there's a lot that can be in place to avoid that. And and I, I think the one of the biggest root causes of helping people overcome that. That doesn't get talked about is the importance of finding the right leadership to sit under. Right. And so um, I want to I want to unpack that. Uh, tonight because I see that you know we we go through social media and we trade posts on Instagram all the time and and then we have conversations about stuff that we see you know these church folk doing and uh, a lot of that could be avoided man if you had the right leadership the right spiritual fathering the the right mentorship in the spirit mm-hmm. and so just give me some insight on on your your thoughts when I when you hear somebody ask the question, what what is the importance of finding the right leader? Immediately, when I think about good leadership, I think about good followership. Mm, okay. And, you know, there are a lot of things that are put on the leader. And... You know, we'll get more into that in a second. But immediately, I'm thinking, God has something for me. But it means that I have to humble myself. And it means that I have to submit. Right. And in my submission, how well do I submit? Mm -hmm. How well do I follow leadership? 
So mm. that's why I said fellowship in tandem with leadership. Because a lot of uh, th- there are a lot of people who are following cats. And that person that they're following has never followed anybody. <laughs> so it's really like a it's like a double renegade. You know, you got you got one that has never followed anybody that's looking for followers mm-hmm. and then somebody who doesn't know how to follow that's following this person that is, you know, this popular or trending person mm-hmm. and they're both the gates because neither one of them have submitted to God. Yeah. Neither one of them have. And I think the scripture says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. He will flee, right? Right. Unpack that. Unpack what you just said. Uh, you know, people are following cats that don't follow anybody. So, you know, I come from a generation where I had both parents. Mm-hmm. And in having both parents, there was the patriarchal edge to my upbringing and then there was the matriarchal edge to my upbringing. Right. One of the reasons why I could follow leadership is because my father ensured that. Mm-hmm. He ensured that I would be a great follower because if I did not coming up in his house, there were consequences. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there are any consequences now. No. I don't think, I, th- I think we got a bunch of buddies you know, we got parents that are buddies, but we don't have parents that are parents. I would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so for me, because I had a great dad, I have a great mother. I knew the balance. You know, my mother, when my father wasn't there, was the law. Right. And because she, if, if anything got out of line, well, I went astray <laughs> with many stripes, would I <laughs> pay? You know, yeah. for not a line. Mm-hmm. And then she would also tell my father what went on with me. And, and you that got was a another portion. That was, come on. <laughs> so you see, you understand. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> given that, it was easier for me to when it was time for me, you know, to recognize that there was the burden of the Lord for ministry. I knew that my parents, they didn't have really what I needed to take that step. And they have been good parents. They they were there. My father was a great father. And like I said, my mother's a great mom, but they mm-hmm. didn't have what I needed to go further in where the Lord was leading and what yeah. he the burden that he had put in me. And so that led me, you know, as it were, and I've had. One spiritual father and maybe two very meaningful mentors. But mm-hmm. in the in the relationship with the spiritual father, he taught me one thing. And then my mentor and my, you know, brother, father, father, brother, he taught me something else. But it was yeah. easy to submit because I had a firm foundation. Yeah. And so my fellowship was already intact. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, embarked upon this, this journey of the spirit. You know, I'm not saying that I didn't have 
days that were, you know, quirky and and I was being a, a I was being a renegade. And I had mm-hmm. my days where I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to trip people down the steps. I wanted to trip, <laughs> you know, my spiritual father down the steps. There were mm-hmm. days my mother and father down the steps. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I kept it, I kept it together, you know, for my health's sake, of course. I you know I didn't right. that was another thing, you know. My father said, the day you lay hands on me, brother, is the lay is the day that you will sure die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like God talking to Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and you eat of, of the tree, you know, uh, of, of, of knowledge of the good and evil, you're gonna die. Surely you're gonna die. <laughs> right. So I knew not to lay, I knew not to touch my father. I knew not to touch my mother. I don't care how angry I was. Mm-hmm. You do not touch them. And so that fear, that reverential fear of my parents also indirectly taught me how to have a relationship and fellowship with the Lord. Right. And then, you know, my spiritual uh, father and, you know, mentor. So um, fellowship was there and it has benefited me greatly because I'm not popular but I'm yeah. potent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I don't. I don't wish to be the most popular guy in the room. I wish to be a potent guy in the room. I wish yeah. to be a powerful guy in the room. And I know that that came as a as a as a point of development for me in following, you know, these my leaders. So I said all of that to say, fellowship was developed in me first before leadership was. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a a big component that is missing. And it's evident you look around the church mm-hmm. and you can see it that these people just go along. <clears throat> and I was exposed to the idea of when I lived in Atlanta, it was like at that time, you know, Bishop Eddie Long was at his peak. Right, 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 <clears throat> right. You know, and yeah. The who, the who's who of of pastors in Atlanta, uh, Bishop Long, Jasper Williams, Creflo Dollar, right. you know all of these these guys who are you know icons in the city, local celebrities. When Earl Park there at that time too? I yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Simmons was still alive then. Yeah, Bishop uh, 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 Nathan Simmons. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was still alive then. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I saw a competitive nature in church. And when I mean competitive nature, not just amongst the pastors, but the members of these churches, it was like a badge of honor just to say, I go to new birth or I go to world changers or, you know, sit it. Yep. Throw out a name. And mm-hmm. it was, it was like, they were like clubs, right? Like, you know, right. little social clubs. Right. And I didn't understand that. It was just like, you know, people just ready to say, I go to new birth. They're ready to say, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, it was more like they were in love with the church and the building and attached to the name recognition than actually being submitted to the leader in that house. Right. Right. And I think we see a lot of that now because you touched on something about, you know, the 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 popularity in preaching now. 
mm-hmm. and how um, people people just kind of they lean towards the popular preacher, and right. yeah. you can you can tell that you know again it's just a part of a club like here in Charlotte everybody it's almost like people want to say they go to elevation because it's here right you know so when you talk about these guys that because I I really want to get into what you said that these people are following people who don't follow anybody and what you're talking about is what, what you're really saying is these pastors they're not accountable to anybody correct True. Let's let's go there. Uh, so so tell me, you know, sh- share your thoughts on that and the importance of that accountability. Well, I think, you know, accountability is an accounting term. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping the record straight, keeping keeping items categorically where they belong. You know, yeah. making sure that this subtraction, this addition, this division. This multiplication adds up. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't readily do that yourself objectively. Right. And because you can't readily do that objectively, there needs to be someone there that you humble yourself and mm-hmm. give access to you, or you give access to yourself to. In that capacity. So we see that the apostles of the Lamb, they were accountable to one another. Right. You know, because we see, you know, the, the apostle Paul, we see him being accountable, although he said he came behind them and no and in nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't running the race in vain. So he reported to Peter, James, and John in Jerusalem. Right. What does that say? He could have been a he could have been, you know, a jerk. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I'm out doing all these cats. They don't know what I know. You know, right. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisee, circumcised on the eighth day, stock of Benjamin, set at the feet of, feet of Gamaliel. I'm the man. He didn't do that though. Mm-hmm. He did himself. And so I think it says a lot about, you know, Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. Mm-hmm. And we see him submitted to the will of the Father. Yeah. So what makes you exempt from that? What makes me exempt from that? And I also believe that accountability not only keeps you honest, you know, in those numbers that we were talking about earlier, metaphorically, but I also believe that accountability keeps you it puts you in a place of development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For for example, you know, old school film development. Right. So there wasn't a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. But there was a quality product. Yes. And in yeah. that quality product, it was kept in a room of isolation. Mm-hmm. Now, the person who took the the film or who was responsible for developing the film made sure that that environment was conducive for that picture's optimum articulation. Yeah. And in that, you know, that picture did not come out of that room until it was fully Until it was right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So overexposure even 
ruins us. But you yeah. need somebody that's gonna say, nah, man, you need to get back to, you need to you need to get back into this room and sit down. You need to get back into this room and park it for a minute. There's some more yeah. cooking you gotta do. There's right. some more development that you need. You know, you don't need to be out here, you know, amongst you know uh, all these lights because there's a special kind of light that you need. But this yeah. ain't it. It's gonna yeah. cause your film to be ruined. It's gonna cause your picture to be ruined, and folks ain't gonna be able to see what it is that is that's needed or uh, that that's buried in that developing time. If you come mm -hmm. out now, they're not gonna. They're yeah. not gonna. We don't have that. We don't have yeah. people saying wait. No. We don't have people saying no. We don't have people saying you know you need to get back in here. You know, sit down, man. Yo, nah, you don't need the mic. No, you need to you need to sit down. So I believe that accountability, number one, keeps you honest. Mm -hmm. And there's a encoded in that honesty is humility. Yep. Yeah. And I think too, we 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 live in a trend now where I've never seen and I you you use the word renegade. And I and you know this as well as I do. And yeah. we're gonna get into in a minute, in a minute, I want to I want the conversation to move towards your own experience as a pastor mm -hmm. uh, in just a second. But <clears throat> we live in a time now where so many guys are starting churches yeah. for the wrong reasons. Almost certainly. Out of anger or yeah. simply because, you know, it's either anger or arrogance. Anger right. because they they think it's their time. Or arrogance because they think they can do it better than the person that they sitting under. Right. And these are the guys that don't have any accountability. And this is where I think the the advent of, you know, how the non-denominational church got so popular. Because mm. guys could step out under their own banner and say, well, I'm non-denominational. They could break away from whatever the organization they came out of. And I'm going to use my own experience uh, as an example. So the first church that I served in in Atlanta when I was in my mid twenties, uh, the guy that uh, who I was um, sitting under, he broke away from, he was a part of the AME church. Okay. And <clears throat> he was, he was supposed to be in line for, uh, to get his own placement at a, at a, uh, at a church. And he thought it was coming too slow. And you know, with the AME church, they got a, there's a, it's, it's like a, I, I kind of liken the AME church to almost like franchising. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when a, when a church spot opens up, the next young minister who's in line is going to get that placement. Right. And so he, he thought he was next. He didn't get it. And he was just like, well, you know what? I'm ready to pastor now. I'm ready to run now. I don't want to wait. And so he broke away and started his own church. And the church ultimately folded after about four years, maybe five, four and a half. Absolutely. Because uh, I was there for three and a half. And then I and I I moved. I left the city. Um, and it 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 shut down probably about maybe six months to a year after that. And he went back to the AME church mm -hmm. and they gave him a, they finally gave him a placement. Uh, so he finally did get what he wanted. But when we were out there, he was, you know, I asked him, I said, well, are we, is this an AME church? 
And he said, no, nah, we, we non-denominational. I said, okay. I didn't really know what that was then. I mean, I must have been like 25 years old, you know, at the time. And so I just thought, okay, well, non-denominational, if that's what you say, then that's what we are. And and now it's just like, it's it's just a, the cool thing to say. Like nobody, it's almost like, oh, you attached to Kojic or you attached to the PAW or you attached to this or you attached to that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have those restraints. I'm non-denominational. Okay, so you're telling me that there's nobody, you're not accountable to anybody. Exactly. You know, that's probably that checks and balances that you talked about in terms of accounting. So go further. So I think, like for me, it is um, it's essential for me to have boundaries. Because mm-hmm. even you know, what does the scripture say? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made you free, mm-hmm. right? But even in the freedom of the Lord, there are parameters. Mm-hmm. There are boundaries. There are, there are limitations because you're free does not mean that you are reckless. Right. Because you are free does not mean that you don't have any anybody to reel you in it's still guardrails exactly mm-hmm. and, and the bible says it like this that the love of god constraineth us mm-hmm. you know we heard it thomas whitfield said it you know in um precious jesus i am constrained mm-hmm. by this gospel right so that isn't something that people like to hear though right you know people like to Say, you know, I'm free in Christ Jesus. You know, I'm not religious. I'm not, I don't have any uh, boundaries or something, nothing to hold me back. And really, (laughs) the catch-22 is, is that if you love him, you really do. Mm -hmm. You do have boundaries. You really do have, there, there are places, you know, there are some things I may not know. There are some places I can't go, you know what yep. I mean? They mm-hmm. got boundaries. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything to shame my wife. Yeah. Even though we are free to do whatever, mm-hmm. we're not permitted to do yeah. whatever. It's it might not be ex- expedient. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's lawful. Absolutely. So I think. That most people, oh Jesus, I'm about to get in trouble. Go okay. ahead. So Go ahead. I believe that most people who are unaccountable are really bastards. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do. I think that because you don't, because you think that, and I like, and I say this, I've used this example oftentimes with my church, with a church that I'm privileged to shepherd. Mm-hmm. So there are those who come to our ministry that the first time they see a father, first of all, and then mm-hmm. let me first before I make this point. So after Moses died, God said, Moses, my servant is dead. I need you to take these people on into the promised land. Mm-hmm. First thing 
that Joshua pulls out is a knife. Mm -hmm. Not a staff to lead. It's a knife. And that knife was used in order to circumcise them. Mm -hmm. Now, what is circumcision? Circumcision is the ceremonial act or the act of eliminating the foreskin off of the male's genitalia. But right. it also, in addition to that, it is a way to keep bacteria mm -hmm. infecting that area because yeah. of its prominence and because of its potential. Yeah. So the first thing Joshua pulls out is a knife. When people come to my church and they see me pull out a knife, they don't think I'm getting ready to, they don't think I'm going to get ready to circumcise them. They think I'm getting ready to castrate them. Yeah. <laughs> because they've been other places and they have this bastard mentality or this foster care system mentality. Mm -hmm. When I when I say something with an, with an authoritative tone or I say something in which I'm not wavering or I say something in which there is no deviation, then you believe that I'm getting ready to castrate you. But really, all I want to do is make sure you are at your maximum reproductive potential. Yeah. That's good. And to most of the people that we see, they're bastards because they want to be what they did not see. Mm -hmm. But yet they want they want that without any they want that without any circumcision of themselves. Yep. And the, and you can't circumcise yourself, brother. Oh, I should say this: <laughs> you ain't gonna circumcise yourself. No. <laughs> So you got to you got to submit to another in order to do that. Yeah, that's but heavy. Not, say it again. That's heavy. Oh yeah, you got to submit <laughs> to another. You know, it, it, the priest, the priest. First of all, you know the the priesthood was God. Excuse me, was the people's representative to God. Mm. And what does a priest do? A priest makes sacrifices, right? Well, the first thing that the priest sacrifices is himself mm -hmm. you got to be willing to give up yourself in order to serve these people yeah so yeah. you got you have to submit somewhere and if you're not submitted anywhere then you're going to suffer from the same thing that satan suffered from and that's skimming off the top mm -hmm. you know you know, getting glory for yourself. You know, this feels good. You know, ain't nobody really here to stop me. You know, it, I, I'm I'm like the old dope boys used to do all the all the, the 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 cats that used to, you know, sell dope for people, and then they skim off the top, and they didn't think that the mm -hmm. dope man noticed, and then the dope man noticed, and then they wound up dead. You know what I'm saying? So yep. most skim they because they want they have this huge insecurity. Most people, another thing that people suffer with that are not accountable is that they are terribly insecure yes that's terribly, it right there terribly terribly that's it they're, they're insecure and i think that i'm glad you said that because i think a lot of these churches are magnets for these people because they can click up together <clears throat> and now we don't knock we don't knock mega churches um but we we rather see the local church thrive right and in these mega churches, it's easy for people to 
go in and hide out and not, you know, not be accountable to anybody. And just, you know, again, like I said, you pick the church that's popular and you walk in the door and you can tell people, hey, I go to so-and-so church or, you know. Right. And and, then the pastor calls me. Yeah. (laughs) If your pastor is doing that. Now that if your past, if a pastor calls you, he's old school. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what used to happen. Yeah. He's, 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 I'm saying that that pastor that doesn't, that's not accountable to anybody, he'll call me in order to be accountable to me in secret. Mm, Okay. Because optically, 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 and as far as the soundbite is concerned, he can't be seen or heard doing that. Because to Mm -hmm. him, that represents weakness. Mm-hmm. So they hit these. So so so. What you're saying is a lot of these leaders are hypocrites. Absolutely. Yeah. But a I lot of these. Yeah. They know. But they know. They know what's what's right. They just not gonna do it because they don't oh, want to yeah. be seen in in error. They don't oh, want to yeah. be cast in the light of you know. Oh yeah, and and what I do know about those that you know they they don't want that narrative. Or they don't mm. want that sound bite or those optics. What I do know about them is, like I said earlier, they ain't saved. Yeah, nope. They're not saved. These are the motivational speakers posing as pastors. Absolutely, and there's so much I can say about that, man. I was watching. Oh my God, I was I was watching somebody last night, and I posed a question in our group text about it or about this preacher. Very mm-hmm. popular preacher right now, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to call them. Right. Meetings packed out mm-hmm. because they look like the day, you know, the hair. They uh, look successful. Yeah. And my question was simply, do they operate in any signs and wonders? Mm-hmm. Do they have any power with God? Yep. Because I do know that in order for there to be a, an anointing in your life, you need to follow the anointing. That's right. You need to submit to the anointing. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it is that it's like a battery in a car. When you when you need a jump for your car, you don't need an electric car. No. You, you need, need somebody yeah. that has the same equipment that you do. All you need is that proverbial intravenous way or intravenous way to get what's in them in you. Mm -hmm. That comes by connection. That comes by link. That comes by affiliation. You got to follow the anointing. One thing your uncle has always told me from day one, you got to follow the anointing. Yep. Willing to submit to it. You got to be willing got to be willing to pay attention to it when it's not popular when no cameras are on when the live stream is not on when there's nobody recording when there's nobody on the instruments when there's nobody in the choir stand you still got to follow the anointing you got you got to commit it's a contact sport you got to go you got to go all the way in absolutely <clears throat> it's it's um and see another another part of this too that comes into that uh, this how easy it is for people to settle in. And that's what they're doing. A lot of people are settling. Right. And and how I know that for a fact is uh, I posted something. A lot of this, this train of thought was born out of something I posted on Instagram about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And 
I was listening to Apostle Paul Sherrill, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how uh, people being at home still watching church on live stream and not being in the physical building. Mm-hmm. And he said a quote that I posted on Instagram that said, if you are still, if you, if you have not gone back to the local church, you are contributing to the agenda. Mm-hmm. And a young lady that I went to college with, she commented on the post because I, in the, in the caption, I encourage people to go back to church. Like don't sit at home, plug into the local body. It's, it's, some, it's, ne- it's needful. Like the connection you get when you get into corporate worship, it's, right. it's like nothing else. And so right. a young lady came in the comments and she didn't agree with what I had to say. She said she, in her mind, she thought that streaming church opened her up and exposed her to ministries that she wouldn't previously have access to, which I think that was part of the agenda. It's part Absolutely. of, yeah, it's part of the agenda without her realizing she's contributing. And so uh, we went back and forth in the comments and we did, we disagree. And I was, you know, I was, I had some grace when I was talking to her and she ended up tagging me in another post of another pastor whose church is in Houston. And mm-hmm. she said, she said, this is who I watch on Sundays and my life has changed and I've been edified and it's this, that, and the third and so on and so forth. And I said to her, now you take that feeling that you get sitting at home watching this guy and think about how much greater that impact would be on you physically sitting in the building. And I told her, I said, if this if this is the church that you watch, I said, then maybe that's the spirit's way of telling you that you need to go to this church. And and I said, and, you know, maybe you need to relocate so you can be a part of this body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know it's not popular. I said, but people relocate for jobs all the time. They relocate for a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they relocate for family. I said, so why is it? you know, why can't you relocate for a church? And and to be honest, if you're thinking about relocating somewhere, finding a good church home should be the first thing you do. Absolutely. If you say, if, if you say, yeah. And so it's not, it's, it's not popular because people, we're so comfortable in our, in our little, you know, sections of the world. And we don't want to, we don't want to come out of those comfort zones. We got it set up just the way we like. and. You know, you mean I can, you know, I got all of this and I can watch the church of my choice right. on Sundays right. and give online. I can give electronically if, Why, they give if they give. Yeah. And I think that to me, she didn't have a response. She didn't have she didn't respond to what I said, which I didn't think she would, mm-hmm. because that's a that's a hard reality for people to face. Like, you know, wait, wait, could I? could I move to go to this church? Like, is that a reason? And I'm like, Houston is not a bad city. People say they like it. You know, I could see if it was, you know, someplace in Kansas that nobody knows. But I mean, if that's your, if that's your man of God, you know, that's, that's what it takes. And that's what we talked about. How pastor Marlon is always saying, you don't look for a church. You look for a man of God. Right. And so let me ask you this then. In, in 
in the context of the habitat mm-hmm. when people come what kind of conversation when new when new members come or visitors come that are looking for a church home like what kind of conversations are you having with these people to make sure that they know what they're getting into and make sure that they know that this is the right place this is good i mean we know i know it's good ground they know it's good ground there's something that's drawing them but there has to be a connection with the leader and that the leader has that reverence of hey this is somebody that i can submit to it has to be there so what what kind of conversations are you having with 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 the people in your church initially i was looking for and it's the first time i've ever said this Mm. but initially i was looking for validation of the ministry Mm-hmm. I was that's looking. For, I was heavy. Looking, I was looking for the people to come in droves. Mm-hmm. Validate. See, I told you, God, God sent me here. I yeah. told you, and, and y'all didn't want to listen. All right, that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's. I wanted people to come in for that reason. Yeah. Initial. Then. As I began to mature mm-hmm. and I began to fall hard after the foundation that was built in me, mm-hmm. it became less about validation. And, and let me stop and say this too. I had to get comfortable in the skin that I was in. Yeah. I had to lose all the I had to lose any pretension, I had to lose any ego, I had to lose any drop of ambition. Mm-hmm. I had to lose every drop of it in order for Jesus to live fluently through me. You had to die to self. So, in doing that and getting comfortable with the skin I was in and not really caring, like, if people came, they came. If people didn't, they didn't. But if they came, I knew that there was something else in them that was sending them to the Mm -hmm. church, right? So, I would oftentimes tell people, I hope you know what you're getting into. Mm Mm-hmm. And I hope you know, I hope that I am the one that you have discerned is anointed to help you. Yeah. I hope that you, I hope that that is the reality. Because if it is not, you're going to be gravely, sorely disappointed. Not only are they going to be disappointed, but they're going to be unhappy. Yeah. They're going to they're be miserable because I think a lot of people, man, so many people in church, they, you know, at least people who have this stigma that they great, that they, they supposed to be a somebody, you know, right. in, in the church. That submission is, is hard to come to come under because the concept and the law of being faithful to another man's work, people don't know. They don't realize what that entails. 
They don't know that Jesus said that either. Exactly. And I'm no. telling you, I've seen so many people, so many guys and girls in 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 who are in ministry. Mm-hmm. They have lost sight of that that concept of being faithful to another man's work. And whether even oh man, I'm gonna say this because when I was at that church in Atlanta. Uh, and I, I'm going to say this because I don't think this guy's ever going to hear it. And if he does, so be it. You know, he probably would agree with me. But when that when he started that church in Atlanta, after he broke away from the AME church, he had no idea what he was doing. And I had no idea what I was doing. But he asked me to come in and help him. I had enough in me from my upbringing to know what excellence in the house of God is supposed to look and feel like, what it should look and feel like, you know, from an administrative perspective to, you know, spiritual and man, he just didn't, he didn't get that concept. It was, you know, I watched him and I learned a lot of what not to do in ministry. And it was, he was late on Sundays uh, Wednesday nights, you know, uh, and we even had a heart to heart, man. After I, after I moved away, we had a candid conversation after I left the ministry and he told me, he said, man, he said, before you left, man, it was about three months, maybe four. He said, where I wasn't even preparing for Sunday service. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have, he didn't have to tell me that to, for me to know that, like I knew it, you know, I knew he was phoning it in, phoning it in on weekend and week out. Mm. And, but at the same time, because that was where I was supposed to be, I understood that this is where I'm serving now. And I'm going to be faithful into this work, to this work until it's time for me to move on Thank to the degree. I'm going to tell you how, how committed to that law of being faithful. And I'm not trying to, brag or anything when I say this, but this, this same time that I was at this church serving, I think I was in my second year there. My father started a church here in Charlotte Mm. and he called me and he said, son, I want you to come home and help me with the ministry. And I told him, I said, dad, I can't because this is where I'm supposed to be right now. I said, I want to come home and help you. I said, but I'm supposed to be, this is my, this is where I'm supposed to be serving right now. And he said, he said, I'm glad you said that. He said, you stay there until the Lord tells you to leave. And it was another two years before that time to leave came. Mm-hmm. And so was it great? No. I mean, it wasn't the best. We had some good times. We had some good service. We connected with some great people. I met a lot of, you know, uh, made a lot of connections at that it, during that time but it was that faithfulness of me like you know even having even having people around Atlanta coming to me saying like oh you should be over at so and so's church you right. need to come over to this church and to that church and I wasn't interested in any of that because I'm like I'm not called to that I'm called to 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 do this here and I'm not going to be premature I'm not going to get out in front of God I'm just not going to do it I'm not going to expose myself that way 
And people don't understand that concept. And so people don't want to, they don't want to wrap themselves around that concept of being faithful to the man of God, because it, it quite possibly could mean you don't get the mic. What's up? You know what I mean? And people don't, people who want the mic, that's, you know, the spiritual maturity it takes to be able to consign yourself to, to that concept. Absolutely. It's a trip, man. Yeah. Our question. <laughs> you don't get no argument from me. It's it's a trip. And I just think that I look at a lot of these people on social media. You could tell, you can tell that people, man, are looking for the right church to be in. And they don't know how. They don't know how, they just don't know how to make the connection. And so they connect with the name and the building. They name uh, the church name and the building. That's what they connect to. And they just figure that everything is going to fall into place. It's just not true. How should, how should people be looking? How should people be making the connection with the pastor, their leader, somebody that they're going to submit to, somebody that's potentially going to disciple their children, speak over their marriage, give counsel when it comes to big purchases like buying a house. I mean, all these things that come underneath the umbrella of discipleship and being submitted to somebody. You know, it's <laughs> it's more than a notion. I mean, it is, it's levels to it. So, you know, give some insight on, you know, I, maybe some some tips, I guess, if you will. Um, you know, maybe some instruction on what people can do to, to or how they can gauge to know they're in the right place. And if they're not, how they can find the right place. Once again, it's submission to God. Mm -hmm. First thing, submission, sub, before you can commit, you must submit. Yep. So there's submission first. I got to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ to overstand how I am to link, connect with a leader who's also under God's authority and rule. Mm -hmm. His lordship, his, his governmental reign, I've got to come underneath that. I cannot be somebody who is here today, gone tomorrow. You know, I cannot be somebody who is, you know, I love Jesus today and tomorrow I'm trying to be a black Hebrew Israelite. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I've got to submit to God. I've got to cut off myself from everything else. I cannot commit adultery with any other religion. I've got to lock into my fellowship with the Lord. And from that fellowship with the Lord, he then can lead by the Holy Ghost. He then can lead and guide, direct me into all truth, including the person who I, is anointed to help me. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so the first thing is you got to be saved. Yeah, you do. That's the first thing. And I know that sounds, that sounds so antithetical right now. Mm -hmm. Truth, 70 to 75% of the people that we see with microphones in their hands, that's on stage, that's pulling lights, that's on cameras, that's ushering, that's greeting, that's... 70 to 75% of them ain't even saved. Mm -hmm. 
but yet they're busy. My Lord. It's a, 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 a buddy of mine, my presiding bishop, he calls it warm body syndrome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you got people in place, but they're in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Only are they in the wrong place. They potentially could be in the wrong house. Yeah. So you first of all got to be saved. You secondly have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's right. Because it is from with, with the in the indwelling and the infilling. With the indwelling, that's for you. The infilling, mm -hmm. that's for people. And mm -hmm. so the indwelling of the spirit now, he can lead you into all truth for you to go somewhere and pour out what he's given you by the infilling of the spirit. Yeah. And so be saved, mm -hmm. then be filled. Now I can be directed. Mm -hmm. I can I can be conducted, if you will, like a like a like a conductor does a symphony. I yeah. can now be good. And when it's time to play my part, okay, my conductor's gonna tell me, okay, okay, you got these two measures and then you out for a measure, then you know, he can tell me that. But mm -hmm. I got to be liable, man. I got to be able to hear and to know that that's God. And yeah. that's by fellowship. That's relationship and fellowship. But then the next thing is I've got to, I, the man of God that's anointed to help me, the way I know that that's my man of God is that the articulation that comes from their spirit out of their mouth are things in my belly that mm -hmm. I can't articulate. Yeah. Yeah. But they give life and they give shape and they give form to what is in my spirit. And they say it to the point where it's like I don't even have to wonder. I'm like, this has been sitting in my spirit for the last seven years. And I did mm -hmm. not know how to articulate it. And this man just articulated this. Like he knew everything. And and really, you know, the spirit of God gives it to the leader. Yeah. And for you to hear it, and it bears witness with your spirit. So you can now say, This is nobody but the Lord. I got to submit. I got, I have to. This is my man of God. And when you find the man of God, you also found your tribe. You also That's found right. you're supposed to be around that yeah. you're supposed to grow with. And that you're, you're supposed to go with, and that you're supposed to be furthered with, that yeah. will be there to help you know raise your kids, that will be there to help you get back in line when you've fallen out, you know, yeah. to, to keep you accountable, to keep you within those boundaries. But those three things that I mentioned first mm -hmm. are the, of the utmost importance. Yeah. Because I'm not getting ready to, man, there's some people that are leading and they are popular. I would not follow them to my toilet. Nope. <laughs> I would not follow them to my driveway. No, no. There are some people who could be preaching in my bedroom and I wouldn't go here. I wouldn't hear them preach. You just turn over. <laughs> oh, man. I change the channels and they standing there preaching their heart. I'm like, man, this is mm -mm. what is on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I have to know there's a reason why there's that's a turnoff. And it's because yeah. there's no witness in your inner man. There's nothing there. And, and most don't have that. We have very weak spirits. Yeah. 
there's an order. There's an order to this Absolutely. because because the, if when you can submit to godly leadership, yeah, that that's going that's going to show how well you submit to God in the first place. Because Pastor Reed told me years ago, I think I was, I was, man, this had to have been about maybe 10, 15 years ago. He said to me, he said, God is not going to give you anything that he's already given your leader to give you. Exactly. And knowing that God is watching to see how obedient you can be to get exactly what it is that he has for you. Or are you going to try to get in your flesh and go around the process and, and put in a cheat code to get to the, to get to the end of the, you know, to the end of the game yep. prematurely. Absolutely. We don't have patience. Nope. And we in this, I used to call it the, before social media, I used to say we in this microwave mentality where we don't want to wait for it. We want it now. We don't, we don't want to. Mm-hmm. But social media has put that on steroids because <clears throat> it it made the world smaller. It put, you know, it exposed us to so much more out, you know, uh, that we wouldn't have had exposure to, you know, before. And yep. and I'm telling you, man, it's just like these people, man, like if, you know, it's the reason, it's the reason that, you know, if you can't, you and then and then here's the other thing too. The other component of that is when you get to a church and you know that that man of God is not the one for you, and you know it, you got to be mature enough to say this is not the place for me and leave. Exactly. And a lot of people don't like to leave. I know people right now as I'm talking that are at churches right now that they know that they're not supposed to be at, but they don't want to leave because they are dreading the church hunt. Man, I mean, that says a lot about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's no, just... no, I know what you get. That says a lot about the region, the environment, the the uh, the landscape of where you are, because here in Charlotte. Man. <laughs> it's 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 hard, bro. I mean, it's just and and. Me and my family have been to some churches. We've been mm-hmm. to a lot. We have tried on a lot of churches. And it's just like, you know what? This ain't it. This is not it. And it's this reason why the word of the Lord came by way of us having our own prayer time. And the word of the Lord came saying, you got to relocate. My Lord. And so. My Jesus. That ain't what we wanted to do. I mean, oh, we yeah. got we got a good setup. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good setup, man. And I think that, and I and and I want to go back to that young lady that I that I was telling you need to relocate. And I I specifically said to her, I said I'm not telling you anything that I'm not willing to do myself, because I understand the importance of it. Uh, this, you know, it's man, I refuse to let just anybody minister to my children. Yes, Lord. I yes. refuse, yeah, man. I'm not gonna subject my marriage to just anybody, you know, for counsel. It's just, it's not going to happen. These, these are crucial things that God has given me responsibility over, you know, taking care of while I'm here. 
And yeah. I need to be, if I'm not a good steward over it, I can't fumble, man. Mm. Can't afford to, man. <laughs> no. no. Can't afford to. No. And not afford to. And and because somebody is, man. <laughs> if me. Yeah. That's, that's such a such a great point. Being able to. I mean, that's, that's another subject. Being uh -huh. able to navigate. Mm -hmm. As priest of the home. The husband. Father. Mm -hmm. And then that person having to discern where it is that family is supposed to grow in Jesus and to be part of the embassy mm -hmm. that is that ministry. It's a merciless job. Yeah. We don't have, honestly don't have the grace to mess up no no we don't and i'm just sitting out and when you said you took the words out of my i was you said what i was thinking like i can't i can't afford to not be a good steward over this yeah because the yeah. penalty the penalty that comes upon me <laughs> for not being a good steward over this Trust man me. listen i'm living mm -hmm. yeah yep i'm living Mm-hmm. I know it means bad. Mm-hmm. Also driven. Mm. That's a big difference. It's a huge difference. Jesus never ever drives us. At no time. Always. Or and that, many, that leadership is gentle. Mm -hmm. Or as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They, they son are the sons of God. God. Yep. Jesus ain't never driven. He's never drove anybody nowhere. Unless you were a money changer in the <laughs> in the temple. Now, now, this is correct. Yeah. He drove them out. That's right. He, now they they were driven out. Mm -hmm. They were they they were overcharging. They were, I mean, the overhead they were putting on these sacrifices and 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 money changing basically. Yep. Mm -hmm. They had no business being in the house of God, but he drove them out. Mm -hmm. And just like, uh, you know. Rick Warren said we have a purpose-driven life. Mm -hmm. We don't. Nope. <laughs> We're led. Yep. But anyway, I know that there's a difference between being led and being driven. I know the consequences of being driven. I know the reward of being. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. So, hey, listen. To anybody that's listening to this, I know this is a different kind of podcast, but I told y'all a while back that 
some of this content was going to shift. And this is this is part and parcel with that shift. And so if you're listening to this and you have any questions or any doubts, if you at a church and you having some doubts about it, if you're thinking about going to a church, if you're looking for a church, don't. Look for a man of God. And that's how you know where you are. Ask the Lord to give you some direction. That That's going to require you to spend some time in prayer. Yes. First of all, submit. Yes. Spend time with Jesus. Get to know his voice from the unction of your spirit. Get to know what that sounds like, if you will. Yep. Get to know that. Then now we can talk about where you're going. Because if you can't, if you don't, if you don't, if you can't be obedient to God and what to give, mm -hmm. surely you're going to miss where you're supposed to grow from. That's right. Because it's the same voice. It should, it, <laughs> yes, it is. That, that right there, that's a word. Uh, sincerely, truly, that's a word. Yeah, and I think that's a uh, that's a great stopping point, man. We, I mean, Pastor Chris, I, you know, you know, it goes without saying. You're one of my favorite people. Appreciate I look you. up to you. I respect you, and uh, I just thank God for you. You know, just having you as a part of, you know, the accountability yes. to me. You know, there are there are about. I've said it. I've said it on this podcast before. There are. Uh, four people that I'm accountable to that can that that have the authority to get me together when I get a, when I start blowing it, and this brother Chris McNeil is one of them. Oh, and so, um, yeah, I, I mean that. Um, so, I appreciate you, man, for coming to spend some time with me, so we could we could break down this this the importance of finding the right place of worship the right place to grow and be edified it's it's a crucial conversation that you know i think we could bear out more uh i think there's a lot more to to be you know unpacked and there's some some other trails that we could go down with this uh so we got to do it again and Ooh. yeah and and, and you're gonna be back because we got some other shows that we've been talking about doing that they are going to get done uh, there's some some more of the fun stuff that you know we we talk about, uh, and we definitely gonna get those in too. So, everybody, please, um, if you're on Instagram, follow um, Chris McNeil at Cr McNeil. Uh, he's on Facebook, Christopher R McNeil uh, on Facebook. Please, please attach yourself to this brother because I'm telling you, it he will bless you. Uh, he will bless you. And so uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for coming to hang out. Yes, sir. And we're going to get it in again soon. So to everybody that's listening, I appreciate you for tapping in. And uh, just remember that no matter where you go and no matter what you do, common sense is uncommon. Uncommon.